0: good morning, Bay Hills. Huh? You like it? So I was at a wedding yesterday. I was, one of the first weddings I've been at in a while where I wasn't the preacher. I was just a guy that's sitting there. And uh, my phone started vibrating. I was like, well, thankfully I at least turned it off. i like the other guy that was sitting over by me over there. Um, and, uh, and I, so I thought, well, this gets, I better look at this. And it was Pastor Dave. And I'm like, oh, you were boating yesterday. Oh, you, you were doing that water sport stuff, extreme sporting. Oh, oh, and you hurt your leg and you might not be able to preach tomorrow. Can you? And I'm like, oh boy. Okay. So then about seven o'clock, I got another text from him and he said, uh, he said, I'm going to the ER. And, uh, and so they went to Richmond ER and they, and you, you know, you go to Richmond ER and they, and they like, this looks, yeah, you need to go to Oakland. <laughs> Okay, so he went down to Oakland ER and at two o'clock in the morning, he, uh, he got out. Uh, but in the meantime, he and I were texting and talking back and forth and he said, definitely you're preaching tomorrow, so you need to go to my closet. I'll send you the message, but you need to go to my closet, get one of my sexy shirts. But I said, Dave, it won't be complete without your glasses. Interestingly enough, I tried his Rogaine, but it didn't work that fast. Okay, um just saying. <laughs> so Dave has done a great job. I'll be praying for him though. Cause, uh, he, he is hurt and He tore, it tore a uh, muscle in his calf. And so he's going to be okay. He doesn't have to have surgery yet, but we, um, be praying for him, but he's done a great job the last couple of weeks of talking about, uh, life or living in community, uh, connecting to others. Stop being a lone ranger for Jesus, get into a small group. And guess what? We had record numbers sign up for small groups here at Bay Hills in the last couple of weeks. So give yourselves a hand. That's awesome. Um, Be fearless was last week. David's mighty man. I love that story. You know, guy killing a lion. I mean, going into like that, that's just an awesome story. How many of you guys went out and faced your fears this week and said, I'm going to live by faith, not by fear. I know I did. Um, And, uh, and, and so hopefully you did too. And then today we're going to be talking about how to, how to double dog dare you passionately worship God, passionately worship God. But before we get into our main text today, I'd like you to, um, Join me in a word of prayer because, quite frankly, I need it, okay? So let's pray. God, thank you so much for um, giving us the opportunity to gather together and worship you, uh, Lord, and, and, and worship you in our, in our song, in our praise, uh, in our hearts. And Lord, as we, as we talk about worship today, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak through me, um, through Pastor David's notes and the modifications I've made to them. Lord, uh, that your message would resonate with the hearts of your people today. We lift this time up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12.1, if you've been through a discipleship class, uh, the Harvard class uh, on apologetics, you know this is one of our memory verses, and it's Romans 12.2, but we're going to talk about Romans 12.1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, your true and proper act of worship. So we're going to double-dog dare you today to worship a little bit. And I know for me, when I looked at the number one point here, I was like, wow, this, this, makes, this hits home for me. Worship needs to be the most important priority in our lives. See, when Paul, when Paul is using this, this terminology, I urge you, he isn't like saying, you know, take your time, do it when it's, when it's convenient for you. He isn't saying, you know, go ahead, just, just sit there on your hands when those songs come on, just sit there and it's okay. You know, God understands, he understands how hard it is for you. No, Paul's like, I urge you. This is important. This is something you have to do now. Get your hands out and, and let's worship. Let's worship God. Let's sing. Let's praise him. Let's do this in everything we're about. See, worship equals expressing my love to God. How many of you guys feel that way? I know I do when I worship. I feel like, God, I'm just expressing my love to you right now. Through You know, I do it through prayer. I do it through worship. I express my love to God. Well, if we really believe that... that, that worship is expressing our love to God, then we need to look at Matthew 22. And and it says this, Matthew 22, 36, it says, loving God, loving God is the most important command. And, And here's what Jesus said. He said this, he was asked, teacher, what's the greatest law? What's the greatest law of all the commandments? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So we know if if we're to love God more than anything else, if we're to love God more than anything else in our lives, and worshiping is how we express our love for God. So for me, I express my love for my wife by giving her a kiss or by holding her hand or by hugging her or by telling her how amazing and wonderful she is. God, how we tell him we love him is by our worship. So if we really go... Loving God is the most important command. Expressing my love to God is what worship is. Then the conclusion is no matter what, nothing matters more than worship. Nothing matters more than worship. You know, I, I, I used to love watching, uh, watching some of those shows like uh, The Ten Commandments when I was a kid, that movie, you know, and we watched it every year. And I always saw those, those pharaohs come on the screen and their noses were broken off, you know, those pharaoh statues like this one on the screen. And I always wondered why their noses were broken off. And, and you know, you see some of them, and every time there's a, in a museum, you see them, or, or if you've been to Egypt, you see them. The number one question that the museum curators get is this. Why, is there, why are their ears and their noses and their eyes usually broken off or gouged out? And it was interesting. You know, the, the answer they used to give for years was, well, it was just erosion. It was just, they're old, they're thousands of years old, so they just fell off. But then after careful examination, the curators realized that those, those weren't just break marks, those were actually chisel marks. And, and what would happen is the pharaoh, and, and if you know, pharaohs thought they were gods. The pharaoh thought those gods, would, that, that, you know, when you die, you possess one of those statues. And so he wanted, to, he wanted to cut their ears off so they would stop hearing the prayers of the people. And the people would only pray to the Pharaoh that was ruling at the time. And if he gouged his eyes out, he would stop seeing the wonderful things that people were doing for the Pharaoh. And if they chiseled the nose off, that the, that the statue, the God in that statue would stop breathing and it would actually kill the God off. Because here's the thing, the Pharaoh did not want any other gods above him not even a statue. And see, if you read the Bible and you understand what this word says is, is this word tells us that, that God is jealous, but he's really only jealous of, of one thing, and that's anything above him. That's anything that we put in place of him. Anything in your life that you value or love more than God is, is what the Bible calls an idol. Colossians 3 Verse 5 says, Paul, uh, it says, Paul, Paul wrote this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. See, we put all this stuff above God, and we need to put God above all that stuff. Turn to the person next to you and say, um, is there anything I can break off your body, like your nose, chisel that off? No, I mean, it. I, I, so, lady, I don't nudge your husband. I saw that back there, okay? But we need to, guys, we need to look at our priority list, and, and we need to love God more than our careers. We need to love God more than our health. We need to love God more than our family, our home, our kids, our 401k. I need to love God more than my golf game, which yesterday I didn't or Friday I golfed, and I, I was loving God more than my golf game because I prayed to him a lot that those shots would go in. And <laughs> Your car, your vacation, your hobbies, we need to love God more. Put to death, put to death those things in our life. Number two point is worship must happen in response to God. See, Paul says, I urge you, get off your hands, do it now. But he says, he says, pause for a minute. I, I urge you in view of God's mercy, See, we, we, we don't deserve, we're all sinners. We don't deserve to sit in his house and worship him. We don't deserve it. But because of his mercy, we can, in view of what God has done for us, we need to recognize by our praise, recognize that God, of the, the God's blessings that he's bestowed upon us, that all these amazing blessings that he's given us. And then I think the second part of that is, is through our worship, through our praise, we recognize the blessing. And through our worship, we need to recognize God's character. We need to recognize His character. John, who wrote, the, wrote several books of the Bible, but he was also walked with Jesus, he wrote the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, he had this experience with Jesus, which was just incredible. And, and, he, and he wrote in, in, in chapter 1, verse 13, he, was dre- he, saw, he saw this man, and he was, the, appeared to be the son of man, so, or, or Jesus. And he, he said this, he said, Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest, the hair on his head was white like wool. Now, pause for a minute there. I honestly thought Jesus was going to be bald. Okay, I'm just saying. But back to this text. Okay. So white as wool, long hair as white as snow and his eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing water. In his right hand, he had seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And then in verse 17, John says this, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am Jesus. See, there's so many of us that come to worship, that come to worship and, 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 we, and, we've, and, we, and we don't realize that this idea of, of, of dying to ourselves, of, of falling before the throne, is that posture that we can come before God with. Is that posture of worship? And here's here's what, but here's what Jesus said. He, he you know he wants us to he wants us to have that heart of surrender. But in chapter three of Revelation, and you guys you guys a lot of you know this verse, it, it says this. It says these are the words of Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm neither hot nor cold, I am about to, what does it say? Spit you out of my mouth. Now, if anybody's done a study on that, a word study on that, you know what that word spit means. It doesn't mean like hock a loogie and spit something. It means to spew or to throw you up or to vomit. Now, here's, here's what happened a, a while back. I was, I was driving my wife's van, and, and we have a van, and we have kids, okay? So picture the inside of a minivan when you have a lot of kids. We have five kids, and three of them ride in the van, and, and the other two that have their driver's license, they drive their own cars. But we're right, there. lots of stuff in the van, but I go to Starbucks. I get myself a latte. I put it in the cup holder right next to my wife's Starbucks that was there from a day or two earlier. And I'm driving around, I'm do, doing my thing, and, I, and I, at one point I get back in the car, and, I, and I'm just driving, I grab the Starbucks, and I take a swig of it. It was a little thick.! <laughs> <sighs> 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 now, what did I do? I, did I swallow it? No, I'm like, roll down the window. Come on, this electric window does not work fast enough. And I spit it out the window, and then I have to wash the van because there's, you know, two-day-old latte all over the side of it. It was nasty but you know what, <laughs> right? When I, asked, when I asked last service, anybody been there before? One guy's like, never. <laughs> oh, really? We're in church. But God wants us. God wants us. He wants us to be hot for him. He wants us to be tasty. He wants, us, he wants us to be in a place where all we want to do is worship him, where all we want to do is love on him. All we want to do is express our love. So if we look at it, really worship is is an action-based word. And Pastor Dave and I talked last night, and this is the only point he told me to, okay, don't change this, leave this. Worship is an action-based verb, and you have to say it this way. We're stating the obvious. Worship is an action-based word. It's doing something. And then we looked at these scriptures. Psalms 149, sing it says this, Psalms 149, one. praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Sing and praise in the assembly, which is what this is this morning. Clap your hands, Psalms 47.1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Now, here's what I know about Bay Hills. There's some really awesome people with good rhythm, like me. Okay? And I'll get to the dance part in a minute. That was just my rhythm, okay? And then there's some people when they clap. That's what, this is where, where, where you worship at home by clapping, okay? Just don't throw me off when you're... Even the drummer's thrown off when you do that. I'm just saying. How about dance? Now, we're not a church that has a bunch of dancers in it except for me, okay? And, and I heard at the wedding after I left, I got a text, there was a dance competition and you weren't there for it. I'm like, well, that's because I would have won. Okay? But the Bible tells us let them praise his name with dancing and music. Sometimes we need to let our hair down a little sometimes you need to let your hair down a little bit and dance. Sometimes we just need to dance. I love now I'm not saying don't please never get on the stage and do this, okay? I'm just saying but I love when I see people just like, you know, they're getting down and, to the worship songs and they're dancing. It is awesome. How about lifting your hands? Anybody grow up Lutheran here like I did? I had two in last service. No, no Lutherans here? Don't show that video yet. You're premature. Now he can't get back. He's like, what do I do? Right click, go back. Okay, there. Click on the back in the next slide. So, I grew up Lutheran. I grew up Lutheran. And when you grow up Lutheran, here, this is how you sing in church. Yeah, you still got that video going, don't you? I can see it behind me. There you go. Here's, here's how worship was in the Lutheran church. Yeah, pretty much nobody sang. It was just like, listen to that lady play the organ. And then once in a while, open a hymn. Hym, hymn 139, verses uh, one, through, 1 and 3. That was it. And then it was like this, and then it was like this. It was like this, it was like this. That's how it was. And then, when I was in high school, my mom took me to one of them charismatic churches that sang and danced and did all that stuff. And people were raising their hands. I was like, what are they raising their hands for? I was like, this It was crazy. I'm standing there like this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. <laughs> Nobody's raising, I'm I, I'm, not, I'm just weird. Okay, people it. but then a few years ago, I saw this Tim Hawkins video and I was like, I wish I would have had that when I was in high school. So now we're going to play the video, Go. church is pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what you know. Anybody here go to a hand raising church? Who, who here does not go to a hand raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I to I need mean, to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say so you're my church, music is rocking. Start slow. Hands in the pockets, little little double. You're fine. Ready? So get warmed up, get your heart rate out. Get are warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV carry TV, That's our first one. There is sun. Go to big screen. Big screen. Go to wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. On, Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. I've got dueling light bulbs. That's my next one. Goalpost, everybody knows goalposts. <laughs> go on a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, I've got to go post. <laughs> What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. <laughs> you <stay alive. laughs> Tim, can't you go higher? Yes, you can. You take one hand and go a bunch of different stuff pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the nose, give the Lord a high five, press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window, wash the window. <laughs> and when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky touchdown. There you go. go the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot of you out there that wish you had that video when you first came to a charismatic church so d- raise their hands. But we all learned how to raise our hands when we were, when we were young, right? We raised our hands in school because we wanted to get, what, an answer to a question, right? We, we raise our hands like this when we're toddlers, or we have our little toddlers that raise their hands, to us, change my diaper, you know, a little, little like, I need help. Or, or I am grateful, like, yes, I am grateful. This is an awesome day. This is the day the Lord has made. Or my favorite is I'll surrender, right? I'll surrender. i, I I'll surrender all. Remember that old hymn we used to sing? I'll surrender all. I surrender all. I, I I think that's really where God wants us. He really wants us in that place where we're willing in our hearts, regardless if we can even raise our hands, he wants us in our hearts to be in a posture of surrendering all to him. So surrender all to him. Point four is, uh, is this. It's Worship is all about pleasing God. Worship is all about pleasing God. Paul writes that. He goes, he goes, I want it to be holy and pleasing to God. Offer something equals living sacrifice. Delete something equals holy and pleasing. We have things in our lives that we need to, we need to eliminate. We have, And I'll get into that in just a minute. But we also have, have things in our life that worship... Really does for us when we worship. There are things that, for me, I'll, I'll speak to me personally. And, I, and, and when I read this when Dave, w- with Dave's notes, I was like, that is so me right now. What worship does for me is, is one, of the, one of the biggest things it does for me is it re energizes my soul. That verse in Habakkuk 3, it, it, it really talks about I have nothing. I have no sheep. I have no crops. I have no, no place to put anything. I have nothing. I have nothing but I will rejoice in the Lord. In Romans 12 too, it says, says, do not conform to the patterns of the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are we we letting God transform our minds in worship, recalibrating our minds? Uh, It reminds us of God's blessing in Isaiah 25. I love this. It says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things planned long ago for me. You have done wonderful things for me. In Acts 16, we know how, how Paul and Silas, you guys know the story, right? Paul and Silas are in prison and they're, they're, they're held captive and their, their hands are tied behind their, 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 their bodies to their legs and they're all shackled up and they can't move and they're probably laying on their sides and, and do they complain? Do they whine to the guard? They worship. God redirects their path through worship and then renews my relationship. Renews my relationship. I love coming to church and worshiping because I feel a freshness with God. I feel a freshness with my Savior 1 Peter 2 9, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And it goes on to say, you used to be sheep, you used to be nothing, but now you are my people. How are we worshiping God? Are those relationships, is that relationship with him being renewed in our times of worship? Point five, worship can literally be anything, and I wanted to add anywhere, but he had the slides locked, so I couldn't add this part, slash anywhere if you have the right motive. Worship can literally be anything, anywhere, if you have the right heart, the right motive. I love what the message says in Romans 12.1, and I have it on the screen for you. So here's what I want you to do. Turn off your cell phone in church. (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, as worship. Take your everyday life, everything we do, eating, sleeping, drinking, Playing cards, playing golf, driving in your car. I, I want it to all be about worship. Here's me sometimes. You've seen me on the freeway, you've seen me do this. A good worship song will come on, and right now my radio's broken, so it's like on my iPhone. But my, a good worship song comes on, and, and, and I'll start driving with one hand and the other hand's up. And then I'll, oh, this is a really good song. I start driving with my knee. Two hands are up. One eye's open, you know, then I close both eyes. And then I open my eyes and I swerve, my cell phone goes flying off and lands on the floorboard. That's that's my everyday worship. I don't care if the guy's looking at me next next to me. Well, unless I hit him, that'd be awful, but I haven't yet. But our everyday worship. How are we worshiping every day in everything we do? And it's not just the singing of the song, but it's how we treat our neighbor, it's how we treat our coworker. It's 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 how we treat the kid that comes to our door selling us something we don't want to buy, magazines that don't even exist anymore how are we treating them? Is it reflecting the love for God that we have, the worship that's in here? Our everyday ordinary life, live it, breathe it, live it, breathe it. Our formal worship is, is this. Our formal worship life is when we love God together. It's church. So we can come together. It's tonight. We have a worship night tonight. If you haven't decided to come, just come. You know, uh, come and let your let your hair down. You let your hair down. I don't have that option. Okay, let your hair down. Come tonight. Worship, worshiping together. But ordin- an ordinary worship life is when we love God individually. When we worship Him. When nobody else is looking. That's right. That's right. Help when we're when we're at the at the at the kitchen sink doing the dishes, and we just had a cruddy day. And we just start worshiping. We just start singing that favorite worship song. We just start praising God. Now, here's what I know some of you, Pastor Dave, but you haven't heard me sing. Oh, yes, I have. I've sat in front of a lot of you. I have heard you sing. It's a joyful noise, but I've heard you sing, okay? God doesn't care how you sound. And if the person next to you cares how you sound, you come talk to me about it and I'll talk to them. It doesn't matter how you sound. What matters is right here. What matters is your posture, your heart. Our worship, our worship needs to please, needs to please God. And, and here's, here's the thing. I want, I'll have these balloons over here, probably thinking we're just messy church and we didn't clean these up. But I have these balloons here because I want to talk to you a little bit about who I think is the best worshiper I've ever known in my life. And, and this, this balloon right here represents my wife, Darcy. And those of you that know her know this represents, this is her. Like she's just always, always excited, always jumping up, always ready to worship. She's always like, ah! She's ex- By the way, somebody, somebody asked me the other day, is Darcy really like that at home? Yes, she is. It drives us all crazy, but that's how she is. A, and this is me. I have a bad day. I'm barely coming in. I know I'm a pastor. Like, pastor, you're, yeah, I'm that way. And I know some of you were like this but you want to be like this. And so much of it is, is just an attitude check. It's just a heart check. See, we don't have to be like this the rest of our lives. A lot of you that have been around church a long, long time are like this just because you've been around a long, long time and you just need to let go. And as they say, let go and let God. Well, no, really, this is my wife and it's awesome. The other, the other day we had this women's uh, thing here and I was about the only guy there, a couple of us, but I, was, you know, I felt like the only guy there, felt like home. And, uh, <laughs> and I walked backstage where nobody was looking and this was my wife with both hands raised with tears running down her cheeks, worshiping God. And this was me. And I walked in and I saw her and God did something in my heart and all of a sudden, this was me. I was praising God. I had tears running down my cheeks. And I couldn't believe what he was doing. Which one do you want to be? See, there's, there's so many things in our lives that kill our passion. And, and what I love about my wife is her passion is not killed. Her passion is not, has not been killed. It hasn't been taken from her. And this passion that she has... Is, is because she's she's cap she captures every thought she she takes captive all the negative that comes in her life and and here's the most important thing I think that Darcy's realized about herself and the, and that I try to do is she has talent that she that she uses aren't you guys blessed when she's when she's talking to you or just she has this amazing talent yeah she I told her I'm talking about my wife because you know she's probably listening right now <laughs> scoring some points I need them I went golfing Friday so you men you know that I need them. But unused talent, you guys, there's so many of you that have unused talent and, and it's sitting right in your seat. It's you. And you're not using it. Get involved and use it. First Peter 4.10 says this, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. Use, participate, get involved. Whether it's here at Bay Hills or in our community, there are so, there's so much need. You're like, well, there's already a lot of people serving. Yeah, we could, we could always use more. Because you know what? On, on the women's thing last week, I was the tech guy. I was the tech guy. I was running around fixing all the tech stuff. If you have tech skills out there, come talk to us. We need you. The other thing is unconfessed sin. I think a lot of us struggle with this unconfessed sin. So we come to church, and we don't even feel like we can, we can worship. We're just like this, like Lutheran. Because we have this unconfessed sin. What does the Bible tell us about about our our unconfessed sin? It doesn't say go to the priest and confess it to him. It doesn't say go to the pastor and confess it to him. Go to the rabbi and confess him. It says confess your sins to each other, one to another. You need to have people in your life that you can go to and say, you know what, I'm struggling in this area and I need to confess it to somebody and I need help. If you don't have somebody in your life, Nudge the person next to you or get into a small group. And if you, if you haven't gotten in a small group, again, come talk to me after church, Go, talk to Chris. We'll get you into a small group. It's not too late. You have unconfessed sin. You have undernourished, an undernourished spiritual life. You don't have time. I get it. You don't have time to, to sit down for 20 minutes and read your Bible. You don't have time to sit down for 20 minutes and pray. You don't have time... To, to listen to a a sermon on a podcast. I get it. We have the we have the second longest commute in the United States of America right here in the Bay Area. Just came out new statistics. We're either second or third every year. It doesn't matter, but we're now second. Only LA has more. And I heard someone's moving to LA I'm like, are you crazy? Man. Fill your spiritual tank. It's important. You can't worship in a healthy way if you're not healthy spiritually. And then unhealthy emotions. This is one of the ways I think the enemy gets to us the most. He he gets to us through anger, through resentment, through bitterness, through pride, through worry, through anxiety, through negativity, through fear, through contempt, through shame, through guilt. Typically, unhealthy emotions are always the result of unhealthy actions. Invariably, they always result in a loss of passion. Live an unhealthy life, and you're not going to be passionate about God. Because, quite frankly, you're probably ashamed. Get that right. And the last one is unconnected to Jesus. John fifteen five says, "Yes, I am the vine; you are the branches. Those, branches Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." How does Jesus know if you're close to him? You're producing some fruit. There's some fruit on the tree. There's some fruit on the vine. If you don't have a lot of fruit, you probably aren't connected to Jesus. Are you connected? And one of the best ways you can connect, one of the best ways you can connect with him is to be unbridled in your worship. We were backstage and I won't pick on somebody sitting in the front row, but one of the services, somebody was sitting in the front row and they were singing at the top of their lungs. And Pablo and I were back there listening and we were just, it it warmed our heart. And if it warmed our hearts, I can't imagine what it was doing for Jesus and how pleasing it was to him. And if everybody did that, how amazing it would be. I'm gonna have the worship team come back up and we're going to close out with some worship, and I double dog dare you to sing so loud that it blows these tiles down. Okay, we have insurance, don't worry if you hit somebody in the head. But I want to finish with this story. In 1988, up in northern Alaska, in uh, Northboro, Alaska, there was uh, three whales trapped under the ice. You know, the water up there freezes over during the winter time; it gets super cold, and even the, the ocean freezes over. And a reporter happened to see these whale spouts coming out of this area on the ice where there was a little hole and went out there and took a look and realized there were these three whales trapped. And so this, this young reporter called a bunch of people and they got a team of people together to, to, to start figuring out how they're going to get these whales to, to the six mile away ocean because the, the bay had frozen over and it was six miles to the ocean. So they proceeded to cut a bunch of holes in the ice they cut these holes that were, you know, six to ten feet uh, uh, wide and about thirty feet long, and they and they and they cut them every twenty to thirty yards, for almost six miles. They had Russians that came in with icebreakers to help break the ice so, so that the last quarter mile to a mile the, the, these whales could be free. And actually, one of the whales didn't didn't survive the journey. But every twenty to thirty yards, these whales would come up for a breather. They come up to 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 catch some air, and then they go to the next one. See, 52 weeks of the year, we cut a hole in the ice for you. We cut a hole in the ice so you can come and have a place to to catch your breath, to have a place where you can worship God, whether you're the best singer in the world or you can't carry a tune if your life depended on it. We have this 52 weeks a year so you can have a breather. So you can be free like these whales were set free. Because if you're free in Christ, you're free indeed. See, but I think what we've all learned today is that Jesus gives us 365 holes to get a breather. And every single day, in everything we do, in our ordinary lives, we can worship him. With all of our hearts. So I double dogged area this next song. There's no other name above Jesus that, that the neighbors at City Sport next door would wonder what's going on at Bay Hills, and that Ross people would drop their shoes that they're trying to steal and they'd go, oh, We're not stealing those. <laughs> that we're so loud that the angels will turn their heads. God, we thank you for this amazing day. We thank you that we have the privilege to worship you with every ounce of our being, that we can do it today and tomorrow in our ordinary life. We thank you for who you are, and we pray that these praises, this worship pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen.